Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child Your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. Welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Queen. Thank you for being with me for this morning's Mental Dialogue Talk Show. How are you this morning? Happy Saturday. Happy to be a part of this broadcast. How are you? I'm fantabulous, by the way. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. You got to carry me today. I think I'm, I am think I sound like the top when normally it's sometimes I have to wake you up. Today you have to pick me up. <laughs> yep, I'm wide awake today, ready for this discussion. Hey, absolutely. Let's go ahead and get into this morning's discussion question. 64,000 missing black women. Do we even care? Again, this morning's discussion question, if you are a first-time listener, we always put our shows in the form of a question of the concept that if we ask the right question, sometimes we can get to the right answer. And again, this morning's discussion question, 64,000 missing black women, do we even care? And as always, Latrice, I like to ask, uh, when I ask, say, hey, will you help me with this broadcast? Definitely want to hear your First initial thought when I say, hey, this is what we're discussing this morning. Uh, go ahead, Queen. Um, when I thought about it, it was just absolutely I will. And, and I'll share with you, I was just this week earlier, I was in and I took a lift to the airport and I used the safety feature that said, so I sent it to someone so they could follow my, my journey to the airport. And um, my friend was texting me. She said, did you stop? Did, are you slowing down? And I did that because I didn't feel safe. And so when it's reached a point where you just don't feel safe going about your, your daily activities and no one cares, um, it sends a different kind of dread through you when you have to travel and when you go about your activities. And I didn't like that feeling. So when you asked me to co-host, the first thing was mm-hmm. absolutely this is something that we need to discuss. Wow. 
Yeah, I definitely can admit I heard your excitement. I mean, you you, you almost didn't let me finish the question. That's how, you know, to a certain extent, as far as, as much you, your desire to actually create it. And I actually saw you post about this trending topic of uh, that's kind of raised his head again. I will say again on social media, um, it, and, and in reality, it may just be a continuation of the, in a sense, the initial attempt to put eyes on this concern. Again, 64,000 missing black women um, uh, as we currently speak. But as I listen to you explain your your personal situation for for your reasoning for wanting to speak to this, um, it, it pains me, Queen, just to hear that thought that that's how you have to be concerned because I can say, you know, as an African-American band, I don't take too many Ubers. I used to be an Uber and Lyft driver, but I take them from time to time. And I'm, I have the, in a sense, I'll say this, the privilege to be a, unaware of the, the safety feature. So, like, when you just said it, my subconscious mind said, oh, yeah, I've kind of heard about that. But I haven't had to consciously think about that. And it's not that there's never been a situation for, you know, there, I mean, obviously there's been, you know, some situations with Uber and Lyft for anybody. I mean, it's not that it's, nothing's happened to a man per se, but I can admit that as a man, I don't think about what you just said. And not only do you have to think about it, but you have a friend who's actively going back and forth with you because of this concern, and so it makes a lot of sense to me, again, why you wanted to talk about this actual issue, but to hear it firsthand, I just wanted to kind of acknowledge that, and it has crossed my mind, I think I've said this to you before in the past, that it does cross my mind that, for, you know, just for example, simply going out at night, to a certain extent, is a different experience for you as a woman than for me as a African-American man. At the end of the day, I should be alert. We all should be alert, but there's still a difference. And you just gave a, you know, a perfect example of that. But, again, I just wanted to tell you my personal concern and how I heard you when you just explained, you know, that personal plight. But I'll kind of let you just kind of, you know, jump in right here just to say, hey, here's how I acknowledge it. And I think there's an unfortunate reality that this is a discussion because it's not being acknowledged by not just, in a sense, me as an African-American man, but the public and society in general. So this is maybe the why this is coming up. Your thoughts on that, Queen? Um, I think it, we don't see it in mainstream media. Um, we, we don't. I was watching Oxygen or one of those channels, and they were talking about the first set of twins, really the first set of twins, children that were missing. And it's, it's these two black girls who went missing over 30 years ago. And I had never heard of the story before. They, they, they're still missing. They don't know what happened to them, and there was very little media attention. And so that was 30 years ago, and here we are 30 years later, and we still have that going on. There's a missing young woman in, in, from Auburn, Alabama. Um, girls go missing all the time. And when, there's, when other ethnicities go missing, there is widespread media coverage. Um, there is breaking news. They'll interrupt your show. But when we go missing, um, there's very little um, that's said. There's very little that's done. I watched a, a, a little movie clip, and it interviewed parents of missing, of, of missing girls. And 
it talked they told the parents discussed how it felt that the police said there was no evidence of anything of any wrongdoing and so they didn't investigate. Um but they gave some insights and hopefully we'll get to discuss that into why as to why oftentimes it doesn't look as if there is foul play when there actually is. So this is a timely topic for our community and I hope that, you know, callers call in and engage and add insight um to this topic because we need to find a solution to what's happening to our black women and girls and stopping it. No, fair enough. We definitely have some callers that are on the line. So for the callers that are on the line, if you you know, as we go about this discussion, we definitely will open up the lines to our callers. You have to press one if you're on the phone line to speak about this discussion. If you're online, I'll go ahead and give out the number because, again, we do want to hear people's experiences, thoughts about it. And as usual, just to, if you're our first time listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, we are going to explore this from all angles. So I will kind of give a heads up. We're going to explore where is this push coming from at this current time? Um, is there something we could do about it? And, and I've seen a lot with it this week as it's been kind of coming back and forth. And we want to get into um, to this, you know what I mean, from the standpoint of that even this coming to head has not necessarily been pretty when you consider the, as you just said, Latrice, the amount of coverage that's, you know, placed on this issue specifically for missing women. But what I also saw come up this week is just, the, the in a sense, the level of importance that sisters seem is lacking just in general. It came, that in a sense, that concept came up again, and we've applied it in many areas, and we want to do that today. We want to take this conversation and get as nuanced as we can, bring out all angles, and speak to it as candidly as possible. So just kind of trying to give a backdrop that this conversation can go a lot of places. We are open to it going a lot of places, and we want to have that back and forth dialogue to see, as you said, is there something in a sense that can be done about it, or I'll even say this, or needs to be done about it based on the landscape of what's actually happening with this issue. We'll be right back. We're going to go to our first quick break. When we come back, we'll get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion. 64,000 missing black women. Do we even care? Hopefully, we'll get your three cents in when you come back from break. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Karate for Children is offered every Sunday at Mount Vernon Presbyterian Church Gymnasium from 2.45 to 4.15 p.m. for ages 5 to 14 years old. Children will learn Japanese karate as well as self-defense prevention skills to handle today's situation, like bullying and child abductions. For only $10 a class, children will gain confidence, self-control, and focus, all while having fun and getting good physical fitness. There are no bench warmers because everyone participates. Come join our family every Sunday at 471 Mount Vernon Highway, Northeast, Sandy Springs, Georgia, 30328. For more information, call B-Champs at 770-643-1286. Again, that number is 770-643-1286. Everybody, 
Welcome back to the Mitchell Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, 64,000 missing black women. Do we even care? Just kind of gave our own backdrop to this discussion question being our topic um, today. So, in a sense, when you say it was timely, that was something that you mentioned, Latrice. And the timeliness of it all, in my opinion, is due to, in a sense, what I, in my opinion, a social media push. I don't necessarily watch TV, so you can let me know if this is something that has been pushed in media as far as TV goes. But as far as social media goes, I definitely seen this highlighted. And, you know, having done this show for a number of years, I can say this is not the first time, in a sense, that I've seen it highlighted. You know, even considering when we use that, for example, that number 64,000, that actually comes from a report back in 2017. So I can say personally, I can even recall that being highlighted a couple of years ago. And so to a certain extent, it's like two years later, it's coming back to the forefront. And as I watched it come to the forefront on social media, I saw this conversation go in a lot of directions, even to the extent of people being concerned, for example, with the topic we just discussed a couple of weeks ago on the show, um, human sex trafficking, for example, has been tied to this concern for our black women missing. I've even seen people go as far as um, um, organ harvesting, if you will, being thrown out as, in a sense, a, a reason behind this, in a sense, added sensitivity or push for this coming up. But to us, you know, but the question, I'll say this and I'll let you jump in, in a sense, for it to kind of get pointed out a couple of years ago and now coming to a head, uh, any ideas or why you think that is? I've definitely seen some other things, and I'll give you, you know, my thoughts on it, but I want to hear your thoughts on why now, where is this coming from in your personal opinion? Um, I think with, I think that, like you said, the sex trafficking is a big um, reason why it's coming up, organ harvesting, I think is also another reason why. Um, and we've had recently some high-profile cases of children, small children being missing. And I think when those cases occur, it begins to highlight, again, you know, people begin to talk about, well, this happened, this has been going on, um, it's still going on, what are we going to do about it? So I think that because those, all of those factors, um, I believe, are contributing to this resurgence of interest in um, in the tremendously large number of um, black women and girls. And actually, you know, back in 2017, um, the um, the Congressional Black Caucus actually put together a report mm-hmm. about it. But that was... Right, that's but, the report that we're referring to. That's pretty much what we got the number right. from. Absolutely. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. But what's happened since then? You know, it's great to that you've compiled this data. Now let's work on a solution. Let's solve some of these cases. Let's figure out how we can keep black women and girls safe. Um, You shouldn't feel a sense of dread leaving your house. You shouldn't feel a sense of dread when you encounter new people. You know, there is a sense of, you know, I distrust people until you prove yourself trustworthy. Um, And I'm very um, standoffish now. With I'm very closed off because I don't want to be a victim. And I don't like being that way. I don't like feeling or thinking that way. Uh, it's, I mean, it's tough for me to, again, just to even hear that that's 
a concern. What I'll say definitely here in the Atlanta area, again, it looks like from a social media standpoint that this is maybe a national push. Uh, but here recently in Atlanta, unfortunately, you know, we just had the, uh, you know, the very unfortunate case of Alexis Crawford, the young lady at Clark University, that unfortunately right. um, her, her roommate and I guess her roommate's boyfriend or whoever, whichever, however this little circle comes together are obviously um, being charged with her murder, but we definitely had a, a, a week where it was super highlighted, right? People were trying to find mm-hmm. Alexis Crawford before her body was actually right. discovered, um, you know, whatever. And again, the, 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 the culprits have been charged, but I know, again, as this was hitting, you know, social media this week, just two weeks ago, that was a big push in Atlanta, you know what I mean? So I saw that. I also just so happened to come across Again, just to tell you my personal opinion for maybe why this is being highlighted, as we said, that was put together two years ago. In a sense, you would think this push that we're seeing today possibly would have been pushed then, if you will. And, again, it's not to say who should have pushed it and who didn't, but, again, it's coming up almost, as we say, two years later. I also happened to see, before I even saw that this report was, in a sense, circulating, I also happened Mm -hmm. to just come across – a young lady who was going live after she had got out of her list or Uber, one of the two had got out because she thought that she was about to be abducted just the way the scenario went. And just to give a little context for, if I shared this with someone last night to give a little more context. So she was on hope for at least this is the way she told the story. She was on her way to work and had a car issue and either her fiance or husband, one of the two, um, was you know I guess was at work and couldn't come to her or whatever and so they realized the car was gonna have to be towed so she still wanted to go to to work so she chose to go you know get a Lyft or Uber at that time and the driver was taking her all these back ways that she wasn't familiar with for going to work and then she questioned she said the driver was pretty you know just basically nonchalant and then eventually you know kind of made it seem like I know where I'm going to get you there type situation and eventually the car comes behind a, uh, is what she said was, a, uh, I guess, an 18-wheeler, and the driver gets out, and she's like, why are you not going around it, going you know, going around this truck? And at that point, she got spooked and jumped out of the car, and she, guess, got to a park. Well, like I said, her story was she got to a parking lot and was waiting for the police at that point, and that's when she went live to say this just happened. And so when I saw that video, and again, keep in mind, we just did a show on human sex trafficking just a few weeks ago on this show. So when I saw that video and one other situation, I had a coworker who asked me, who normally doesn't, asked me to walk her to her car after we left our after-school program. And that was just unique because she had, you know, I've, I've walked her to her car sometimes when, you know, it was obviously dark outside and we were leaving at the same time. You know, that's my nature. You know me. I'm going to make sure people get to their car. Of this particular uh, evening, I think I was getting off a little early, so she kind of just said, do you mind walking me to my car, and mentioned that that was her concern. And so after hearing my coworker, after seeing that video, I literally called the um, Dominga Taylor, the sister that was on our show just a few weeks ago, and asked her, I said, have you seen, there's something going on, because, again, I don't watch any TV. I said, there's something going on for why these concerns, why I'm seeing these videos, and she wasn't 100% aware of it either. And so 
I'm saying, you know, I'm giving all of this context, all of this backdrop, because I got concerned with it before I saw this report circulating again. So I'm like, what's going on? What is heightened for this, in a sense, to become an issue again? So I guess what I'll say is my question to you is when you say you just recently didn't lift the lift and safe mode, has this something has this something that you've been doing for a long time, or if, you know, if I can ask, has this recent visibility kind of made you get to that point? And, and you know, I can only imagine as a woman, you've always had to be concerned per se when going out alone. But has has it heightened for you in recent, you know, in the recent months, or is this kind of how you've always for our you know for a long time had to just kind of navigate the world, if, if you will? No, this is new, and um, and I'll tell you, I actually got frightened in that lift. It, I did a share lift, and um, it was a young man in the car with me, and you know he was on his phone. We didn't, you know, we didn't engage in any kind of conversation or anything. And this, the driver was dropping him off in a, at a per, at a personal residence, and it was in a in a neighborhood that did it was you know it was getting dark, it was dusk, so. Um, we're driving into this area and I'm like, this is not the airport. Um, And so, and even as the driver went into this area, he locked the doors. He made sure the doors were locked. And so at this point, my heart rate's starting to increase and I got my, my, you know, I got shape, my my friend's number pulled up so that if anything happens, I can go ahead on and hit call and she'll hear if anything's happening. But fortunately, he just went to a, a you know an address, and the, the young man got out. But my takeaway from that was, I'm willing to pay the extra amount to not do a share Lyft or Uber anymore, because that, that, right. that that really scared me. Because he was dry, you know, I'm in this neighborhood that that looks unsavory, mm-hmm. and this dude just locked the doors, made sure the doors were locked. So are they and these two men in cahoots with each other? Am I in danger? I don't want to experience that again. So for me, it's new, and I, my takeaway is I'm not doing a share, Lyft or Uber. Again. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. And so that yeah. So what that tells me, at least at least from your experience, and I hope some other people call in. And if you're on the phone line, you do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. We do have a few people on the phone line. If you want to give us your experience, but okay. So based on what I'm hearing, this this heightened social media notice, you know, whatever you want to call it, visibility kind of has you more aware and you're kind of now deciphering how am I going to maneuver different now that I have this sense of heightened awareness. And it's funny that you say that because I literally put up on a mental dialogue Facebook page and it's, and now that I'm, I'm kind of doing this live on the air, I'm kind of realizing what I'm, what I'm about to say, how it's all coinciding and for me, I was doing it, so I'm kind of my, just on my own, not knowing that this was, in a sense, about to be a heightened visibility based on this report coming back to, in a sense, going, I would, I don't know if you necessarily say it went viral, but it's definitely created enough noise for us to have this discussion, right? But just a couple of weeks ago on Mental Dialogue, I literally put posted a kind of a to-do and not-do list for our queens from the standpoint of just being aware anytime they're out and about. I I came across this, it was just a real concise um, kind of to do or to not do, not to do and not do list for 
uh, Queens, and I thought about it from the standpoint of, wow, if I had a daughter, this is this is what I would want to teach my daughter. So that's what prompted me to post it, and I'm pretty sure based on me, you know, just so happened to have recently done the human sex trafficking conversation, that played a role in why I was posting it. But I'm kind of pointing out that I've been posting it while this has kind of been bubbling and coming, you know what I'm saying, to the forefront. So I kind of did, I kind of did it without knowing that the that it was being heightened and put on notice for people to pay attention to. It's just, it just ended up being the timing of it. So I definitely would encourage uh, for those who follow us on the Mental Dialogue Facebook page to scroll down and find, you know, that particular article because I think it was just, you know, I mean, just from things from simple as, um, you know, for, you know, again, stuff as a man, I don't concern myself with to a certain extent, but just even the example of any time that you're walking to always as a woman carry your keys with the, you know, protruding in your hand, like always carry your keys, like just kind of small details like that, you know, when to get, uh, you know, if a truck comes up beside you, all these type of things were in this list. And again, I just so happen to see it as, hey, these are the things I would want if I had a daughter and she was, you know, having to be out, you know, for example, you know, like you were saying, on that trip or Uber trip or just out walking about, even just simply leaving a restaurant and walking to the car on her own. These are things I would want her to know. And so um, as we're having this discussion, and if it's going to be heightened awareness, which I can say that it's always good to have heightened awareness regardless of the why, if that makes sense, in a sense why this is coming about. Because, again, I want to explore this fully because here's one thing that has, I'll say, has been concerning. I want to hear your thoughts on this. One thing that is slightly concerning about, in a sense, this coming to the forefront is because it's pushing on social media, there's always going to be, typically when you see something just trending on social media, there's always going to be, unfortunately, a sense of paranoia associated with it as well. And so I wanted to see if you have noticed that because I have, we're going to play a cut in the next break that just kind of brings up you know, kind of putting this situation in perspective as far as when you hear, for example, such a large number, 64,000 missing black women. And so we're going to have a, a listen to a cut that kind of puts that number in context. So while this has been a push, there are the, these levels of paranoia that on the flip side, if you want to be honest, can be a concern sometimes when you see something, in a sense, driving fear that drives paranoia that makes, in a sense, can start creating anxiety and things like that. So there's a lot that can come with it if something creates hysteria, if you will. So have you seen any aspects of that? I can say that I have. This cut that we're going to play on the next break, we'll get into it, and so we'll dialogue about it specifically, but just kind of from your own getting ready for this show, have you seen any sense of paranoia or hysteria related to this number? Because this number, make it makes it seem like like there's a specific target or that there's way more black women being abducted than others and things of that nature. And that's the thing that we're going to explore at the break. But any thoughts on that, Queen? Um, I haven't seen any paranoia. Um, I, I do get a sense that when things go viral like this, that there are, there will be the, there will be the paranoia. There will be the conspiracy um, theories that um, come about, but I haven't, um, I haven't noticed any at this point. So I'm looking forward to hearing 
what you have. No, absolutely, absolutely. And then I'll, I'll just kind of speak to the one that we briefly mentioned, and again, this cut that we're going to play in the, the next break will kind of bring up more of it. But, you know, for example, as we, we even promoted this, even like the concept of organ harvesting, if you will. So, you know, again, as this got heightened, there were people, as I was kind of starting to pay attention to it on social media and see the different discussions, there were people that was suggesting this is why this is such an issue that, that in a sense, black women are being abducted and killed so that they can, in a sense, steal their organ, organs. Like this is a conspiracy that's, in a sense, been around for a long time. And so um, I don't know if it was ever connected to what we're talking about now, but due to this being heightened, it has absolutely been proposed as one of the reasons that there may be an issue, uh, in, in, you know, and it's twofold of how it's looked at. That one, if you believe in the organ harvesting conspiracy, I'll say that I don't. But if you believe in it, there's two ways that I've seen it proposed. So it's proposed as they're being killed for this, and the fact that there's not a lot of media attention going to be given makes it easier to get away with it for those who, in a sense, believe in that conspiracy. So that's the kind of train of thought for those who seem to be trying to connect that to this issue. Any thoughts on, you know, in a sense, that that train of thought in reference to that conspiracy? I don't know if you think it's something that's a real thing or not. Again, I'll say that it's not realistic to me you know, personally, but, you know, regardless of where you, whether, how you feel about it, that's the train of thought that has been associated. That I've at least seen this week that's been associated is because there's no, you know, to be no notoriety when a black woman goes missing, it allows them to get away with it more is what I've seen as one train of thought. Any thoughts on that before we go to the cut? Um, um, as far as, as far as organ harvesting, I think because it's such a, that's such a, such a specialized thing to do, um, I don't necessarily think that it's this big cause of the, the large number of, of missing black women and um, and girls. Um, and besides, this has been going on. I mean, that's not a number of, that's just a number over a period of several years. And so um, I think it may have more to do with, um, you know, domestic violence. It may have more to do with human sex trafficking um, than it has to do with organ harvesting. Gotcha. And again, that's just one thing that I've seen explore. We're going to play this cut for anybody out there listening. I will tell you, we are not a politically correct show, so the cut that we're playing comes from a friend uh, that has been on the show before, known as Chief X. He does drop a couple of F-bombs, but other than that, it's not too too, um, crash, if you will, but he, in a sense, addresses this issue. And so we're going to talk about what we hear him say. Again, I think it's going to give us and send us in a different direction about this discussion, if you will. So if you will, Latrice, tune in. And for those out there listening, we definitely got some callers out there. You do need to press one if you want to get in on this morning's discussion. For those online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. What up, fam? Chief X, the God best reincarnated with some old common sense signs. So, <clears throat> I wanted to correct a bunch of bad rumors and misinformation. Okay? I made this video because I made a post a few days ago. 
And I said, there are no mass amounts of black girls all of a sudden coming up missing. Listen to my words. There are not a lot of all of a sudden missing, I mean, black girls coming up missing all of a sudden. Right? And people saying, you're crazy. I said, there's no fucking organ harvesting and people are not killing people and kidnapping people to steal organs. Oh, X, you crazy. You crazy. Because people like that fear-mongering talk. Okay? Now, let me clarify and make this plain for people. Because in order to be, when you read and research, you learn. You become informed. Okay? I kept asking people, where are they getting this number from? Where's the data? Where's the proof? Okay? Follow the number, people say sometimes. Okay? Where is that? Where, where are people getting this number? Because I keep hearing 75,000, 69,000, 64,000, 65,000 black women have been, are missing and just come up missing. I said, where's that number coming from? If someone is quoting a number, someone, they had to get that number count or that data from somewhere. Where did they get it? So things weren't making sense, and I, I, I kind of realized what's going on. It was a feminist behind it, starting this mass hysteria. But let's just let me break it down plain. Fuck all that. What does this say right here? And this is where reading comprehension ruins people. I mean, excuse me, the lack of good reading comprehension can cause all kinds of bad rumors. Let's read this together. It says, there are 64,000 missing black women and girls in the United States. No one seems to care. Did it say that 64,000 black girls have all of, all of a sudden come up missing? Did it say it's been a rash? of kidnappings and missing women just popping up missing all of a sudden in 2019? It doesn't say that. It says there are 64,000 missing black women and girls in the United States and no one seems to care. What they're talking about is over the last decades of missing black women reports, most of them have been solved, but over the decades, there are still 64,000 missing black women. They're not talking about 2019 or 2018 or 2017, 18, 19 combined. They're talking about over a couple decades of reported missing black women and cases that were never solved. The original story and real story, without all the false stories you guys hearing, has started, was started years ago. They're talking about the lack of attention that goes to missing black women. That's the story. Not, the story is not a bunch of black women have been kidnapped and are missing and been abducted lately. That's the false story and the bad rumor that's been spread. We're going to get into how these rumors get spread and how it got spread. Okay? Most Reported missing cases, missing persons cases, about 90% of them are solved. Okay? And they're solved, either they're found or they figured out they're dead and the case closed and they're solved. 
Okay? But over the decades, there are 64,000 missing black women. Not recently. So let's go. Let me tell and then we're going to talk about kids. Let me first. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross, who just heard a cut from, again, another visitor to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, Chief X, as he breaks down his perspective on this hitting social media, and in a sense, as he mentions or feels like some level of historia and paranoia has been associated with it, and he gives the, pretty much some of the same context that you were given right before we went into that cut, which was that this has been over a decade because for those who haven't taken the time to read it, there may have become a, may have become a heightened sense that this is all of a sudden happening and there's a rash. And from his perspective, that's what he had been seeing, seeing, so that's why he chose to look into it. But as you hear him give his perspective, Latrice, any thoughts on, in a sense, what he delivered uh, did it, or just was, was there any part that you – Agree with, disagree with, again, just kind of want to put this thing in context because I have, I will say, I have seen that in my dialogue and watching it, people are heightened as in a sense that it's going on more right now. That's what I've noticed. And I and personally think the example I gave before the break with my co- coworker that that may have played into her all of a sudden, you know, this school year for the first time saying, can you walk me to my car. I could be wrong, but again, I think it is associated with some of this, if you will. Go ahead, Queen. Hello, Latrice. Hello. I'm sorry. Um, okay. I had no, never go, even ahead. Stopped, go ahead, Queen. Okay. I had never even stopped to think that people weren't reading the content, that there were people who actually thought that this rat, that there was a rash of 64,000 black women and girls that just came up missing all of a sudden. Um, that idea is ludicrous. Um, you know, if that had happened, there would be some other kind of left behind kind of conspiracy theories, I think, that we would see. Um, it is important to read, so I do agree with that. Um, I think that because of the resurgence of information being passed, and uh, coupled uh, with um, the issue with human sex trafficking and, you know, some of the Uber and Lyft weirdness that's being reported. And because of how we evolved with how we consume news, um, I think all of those have contributed to higher awareness. Do I think the higher level of awareness is a bad thing? Absolutely not. Although you, wanna, you want to temper that with common sense because you don't want to walk around living your entire life in fear. Um, So that's where I'm trying to draw the balance in my own personal life. Um, He kind of, you know, the feminists are promoting this. Show me what you mean. Connect those dots for me in order for me to believe that. And while I'm not a feminist, I'm a womanist, um, I believe that oftentimes blaming the feminist movement is, is they're viewed as a scapegoat to kind of um, remove pressure. So I think that that is flawed thinking because in our society nowadays, I think we do need to have a certain level of awareness when we're out and about. One of the things that um, in the video clip that I watched um, a couple of weeks ago, um, they, they talked about how when parents or loved ones reported a missing person, oftentimes there was no signs of a struggle. 
um, but one, when you do a little research, there are people that befriend these women and young girls, and they believe them to be safe people that they are engaging with. Oftentimes, these people have ulterior motives, and these women and young girls would leave with them voluntarily. So there is no sign of a struggle, but once they leave with them, that their true menacing purpose to come through, and they then never are never to be seen or heard from again. So one of the things that I shared on my timeline is that perhaps it's time to rethink how police are, are you know, the, the how law enforcement views missing people because you have now people giving GHB and, you know, other types of drugs, and then you have them being, you know, being more um, sophisticated and taking the time to befriend them before snatching them and doing whatever um, they want to do with them. So there is some validity to what he's saying as far as people not reading. I need for him to connect the dots that the feminists are behind this, like what's the outcome they hope to achieve. Um, and I do think that the increased awareness is definitely important, but we have to balance it with common sense. Nah, fair enough. Um, I, I'll, I'll try to do, I guess, I'd hope to get TFX on so he could have give, given, in a sense, his own connection. Um, I'll tell you some of the connections that I think I've seen that has been concerning. Uh, it kind of re- it kind of comes back to what you just said from a personal standpoint of being able to balance, you know, some level of hysteria with, you know, how you're going to kind of move through the world to the extent that, again, as you say, you don't want to be paralyzed, right, by hysteria and paranoia as if it's some type of rash. Again, you know, you like you said, you are a reader, so that was never an issue for you, but I think you do understand that a lot of people will take a headline and just go with it. I definitely saw aspects of that on social media myself where I, you know, saw some of the brothers who I highly respect, you know, literally take that headline and literally call out different black organizations for why they're not doing anything about it. You know, and my assumption is because they, you know, my opinion, I could be wrong, but the assumption is they hadn't dug into it to realize, and again, not that it makes it okay that it's over the course of a decade, you know what I mean? But the response seemed to be as, hey, here's a rash, and that's not even about feminists, right? It's just, again, brothers who I know who are very protective of our women. In a sense, they felt like the need to call out other black men to say, why are we not doing anything about about it? And that's when it starts exploring, you know, a concerning area because we start pitting ourselves against each other when at the end of the day we need to be looking for a solution. And I do agree with you, awareness over everything is obviously a good thing just to – any any time that we could have this happen less because we're more aware, that ends up being a good thing, which is, you know, devoid of how we may be pitting ourselves against each other. And again, I will bring some of that, some of those connecting of the dots to the, to the, to, to our show here in a little, little bit, but I want to kind of confirm something you said, and we've got a caller that wants to get in as well, but here's a, a report from Stacey M. Brown on Insight News, just kind of talking about, and it's pretty similar to what you said, so I'm going to bring it to the table right now. She just said, according to multiple reports, when black girls go missing, it is often unclear whether they have run away from home, were inflicted violence, abducted, sent into the sex industry, among others. Essentially, according to blacknews.com, their safety and assurance to be brought back home was commonly ignored and not an utmost concern. That concern heightened when investigators in California announced that they were trying to identify the body of a young black girl who was found dead inside a duffel bag in a suburb of Los Angeles. The girl was eventually identified as Trinity Love Jones. The boyfriend of Jones' Jones's mother, Emil Hunt, 38, had been charged with her murder. 
The discovery of Jones combined with the lack of any new missing person reports that matched the girl's description shed further light on the plight of missing black girls. So I hear that example as exactly what you're talking about. So they just discover her bag in a duffel bag and come to find out she was never even reported missing. So that ends up being an issue in itself without even getting into connecting the hysteria, uh, the hysteria, the, the pit, the, you know, the feminist movement connected to any of that, that alone makes this, in my opinion, enough of, a, of an issue, which is what even when Chief X was bringing it out, saying that's ultimately what that report was saying, that there's no visibility of these situations. Even he was conceding that, but to connect it to hysteria and all these other things, that was his concern because, unfortunately, I do – agree with him from this standpoint, there is some of that going on to a point of detriment, in my opinion. But let's go to the caller and see what they have to say. Oh, one second. Let me get the caller on. Here we go. Area code 803, last three, 932. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. What's going on, brother? And, uh, and your host? Uh, this is Calvin. Hey, what's up, Kevin? I thought that was you, King. I, didn't, I, I think I got, I think I got the number down now. I got you now, King. But thanks a lot for <laughs> calling in. What you got for us this morning? Well, um, here's the problem. It's been a problem, and it's been an ongoing problem, a growing problem. Um, is that when it comes to us saying something that happens to us, it tends to get belittled. It tends to. Yeah, I, I, I know what y'all saying about far as, you know, people maybe taking it uh, a little out of context, and really not out of context, but it's a little miscrewed. But that's the only thing that gets us excited. That's the only thing that makes us react. Remember now, we, we've been trained to be reactionary, you know, not pro, uh, uh, you know, in front, you get in front of issues. So it, it takes a headline like that to get people to actually talk. Because like, I'm going to be real with you. And I'm a, I'm an activist in the community in which we're in, and if you don't excite these people, they don't do nothing. Many of those groups that we're talking about don't do anything. They don't discuss these issues of missing black women, of of women just not even missing. They're uh, around them that are being abused. Like I told you uh, last week, you know, I was at the uh, memorial of the young lady, the young uh, lady. Uh, <laughs> Young child, the five-year-old that got killed by the, you know, the boyfriend mm-hmm. and whatnot. You know, that's yeah, happening more and more and more and more. Uh, I was at the Women's Empowerment a little while back, and in that Women's Empowerment, they had three women's groups that were there, and it was explaining about how a lot of the sex trafficking, those girls come home every night. Because they're being pimped out by their boyfriends, by their girlfriends, by other students in the school. See, it's so many different layers to this thing, which we're talking about missing or incarcerated or whatever, uh, that we don't look at. But people tend not to believe us, not to take it seriously. Even when the woman says she's sick, she go to the doctor. You know, they belittle. You know what? What she's saying, her symptoms. Right. You know what's her. Let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Kevin. I want to hear yours and Latrice's thought on this. Uh So, is it possible? And because you said it's happening more and more and more, is it possible that? Let me throw it out and see if I can follow this. I know. 
unfortunately, that is in a sense that is not happening more and more. What we're experiencing is due to the lack of relevance or the importance of it previously that should have been taken, that has never been taken, that as we are starting to shine light on the reality of, in a sense, what has always been underreported, if you will, now that we're shining light on it, it it does feel like a more and more. And, again, it's not that it's okay. I'm not saying that. But in a sense that it's, it's happening at, in a sense, this, the, the same level that it's always happened at. But as Latrice said, it's a good thing that we're bringing light to it. And that's the, the conversation is to realize, okay, it's not that it's happening more and more. It's just damn time for us to pay attention, if, th- if that makes sense. I'll let you respond first, Kevin, and I want to hear Latrice's thoughts on that as well. I, I hear what you're saying, but being an advocate for most of my life, I've always okay. known of instances happening like this, but no, it's increasing. When you start okay. seeing it around you over and over again, no, it's definitely an, in, uh, I mean, extreme, you know, the murders and things like that. Stuff like that ain't used to happen around you. You know, when you start seeing it around your store, doorstep and down the street and on your very street, yo, that's an increase. That's not a something that's always been going on. I mean, it's always been going on at a certain extent, but now I'm talking about there's a heightened uh, 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 level of, of these incidents that happen. See, because the respect down there has gone. We don't respect okay. each other like we used to, you know. Right. No, fair enough. Latrice, any thoughts on what I said or Kevin's response to what, you know, in a sense, um, my question, you know, in a sense, how do you feel about that as well, Latrice? I don't. I don't necessarily. I think it's in. It may be increasing in proportion with crime statistics as they happen. I don't think that. I think that what's happening is that we now have social media that allows us to experience it almost in real time around the world. So we're not. Before it had to go through the old school news cycle in order for us to get it, but that's been removed, and so it may seem that we're being inundated with these types of instances. But I believe that it's just that, you know, what was the song, the the revolution won't be televised or will be televised. It's now on social media. And so what may seem like an insurgence of incidents happening may simply be that now the news cycle has shortened tremendously and you can actually, you know, things are, if my child is missing, I'm on social media now saying, hey, help me find her. Whereas before you were using the phone, you had to call the police, you had to wait on the newspaper to be printed, um, things of that nature. So I think that it's just because of the use of technology that we are actually, we actually have this increased awareness of what's going on around us. Okay, makes sense. Kevin, what I'm going to do, King, if you will, you know you know how to get, if you will, I'm going to let you go now, oh, yeah. but you may want to get back in. So just make sure you come off the one and then come back on the one if you want to come back in later because we're going to kind of take this in a different direction. But thank you both for your response to, again, that question. And, and you know, again, um, both perspectives are valid as far as I'm concerned. But thanks a lot for your call, King. Will do. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm be listening. All right, we're going to go to a quick break, and we're going to come back. Right after this break, real quick, and I kind of want to talk about the last time we had a very serious conversation about this very issue and how, as you said, Latrice, the social media push does make it quicker to get to that the information is out. But I've, you know, seen the social media push make a mistake, too, and let's talk about that. It, is, it will, in my opinion, start to connect some of the dots that, for example, Chief X mentioned in his cut. But we'll talk about that after this break. 
We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Square Business Entertainment brings you their latest hit, I Really Want You, by Taylor Pace. Take a listen. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Thank you to Square Business Entertainment. Just signed up for a year-long promotion with us, so I definitely appreciate the support for the return of Intelligent Radio. So if you have a product or a service you would like to get out to the smartest audience, make sure you tune in listen to how to contact us so you can promote your products or services with the smartest audience in all of radio. This morning's discussion question, 64,000 missing black women, do we even care? And so a couple of years ago, we had a show entitled, Where Are Our Missing Black Girls? It wasn't related to the 64,000 number that the Congressional Caucus brought together in 2017. It was actually, and you may recall this, Latrice, it was actually related to the situation that was happening up in D.C., in the D.C., metro area where there was memes going around about the number of black girls who were coming up missing in the span of about a 14, if I remember correctly, 14 to 21 day period. There was a, there were memes floating around saying that these black girls, young teenage girls had gone missing like all of a sudden. And so it was getting pushed and people were pushing it saying, why is the media bringing attention to it? And so in a sense, it was doing that very thing you said. It wasn't having to go through the old news cycle. And so we did that show. And in doing that show, I also was able to bring on a, a friend who at the time, because that was getting pushed via social media versus the actual media, right? So because that was getting pushed, a friend of mine, him and his men's group, they literally went out on the streets in D.C. with the idea of providing protection and looking for some of the recent missing girls that was being highlighted in this social media push. As we did the research and got ready for the show, come to find out some of the girls had already been returned. And, you know, unfortunately, social media is not reporting that part of it, right? And it got to the extent that the chief of police, a black woman, basically addressed it and initially did not want to address it because it was unofficial social media stuff, right? But it got to the, the extent that the community itself was starting to look at the police kind of funny, like, what are y'all doing here? And the chief of police has a press conference saying, you know, here is the unfortunate reality to how often young girls in this area go missing. But at this point, there, there is not, it's not happening more as social media alluded to. And in this case, we've returned, we're still only looking for one of these girls from whatever the 
you know, however many were reported in that two-week to 21-day period, they had already, you know, successfully returned a couple. But, again, that part wasn't reported by social media. And so the chief of police just kind of said, hey, here are the things we should be doing. It's not happening more. We're not happy about how much it happens, but this is our process, which, you know, she laid out at the time what she thought was a very effective process. But she was, I thought, to her credit, was open to creating that dialogue between the community and telling the community what they, too, could do to help them in their process of returning any missing children back to their families, how they could assist the police department in that way. I thought that was smart by her as the police chief, but I will also say due to the paranoia that had been built up and the distrust that we know happens within police departments, right, there was still this concern that it, that wasn't easily received because it's the police department, if you will. So in that sense and at that time, that push had a negative effect, if you will. Um, but any thoughts on this? Do you recall that time period a couple of years ago? I, I do recall it. And, um, I think it's important that I'm glad you brought that up because it is important that we not just take a headline and run with it. Um, it's important that we read um, beyond because a lot of times the headlines are designed to get your attention and they may be amb- just ambiguous enough to be truthful, but they actually lead the person to think something different. You know, it's clickbait. So we need to begin to get into the habit of reading more, doing a little bit of research before we begin to spread propaganda. Um, that is a big, a huge problem with social media. Um, but to that end, when you really think about, I think my issue with it, like I, I recognize that this is not a recent onslaught. My issue when it, because as a diversity and inclusion professional, my issue is that when our black women and girls are genuinely missing, that we do not get the media play that a Natalie um, Holloway got or Elizabeth Smart got. Um, And a lot of that has to do with economics. A lot of it has to do with uh, the socioeconomic issues of growing up in a poor community. And um, it also has to do with um, who controls the news cycle. When you think about coverage decisions in the news, um, a newsroom's racial makeup is typically white. And when they think about what they're going to report, they look at it from a business perspective. And so news outlets might be determining that missing white women are worth more in terms of who's watching and ad revenue that they get. So we don't get the same kind of play that, a Natalie Holloway and Lacey Peterson and Elizabeth Smart get. And then when you factor into the unconscious bias about our community as a whole, the very first thought is, oh, well, they ran away because they couldn't be happy living here because you're socioeconomically disadvantaged. So we have, we have those battles to contend with. And so I'd rather do a bit of digging and research and be accurate in my assessment so that we, can, we don't run into situations as, such as what happened in D.C., because this issue is important. And research shows our missing black women and girls missing do not get the media attention that other races get, that white women get. No, that's absolutely correct. I mean, the numbers just to even share. um, So, for example, 
there's about a 20% news report coverage for a black woman you know, if she goes missing when the reality is we are about, you know, when it comes to the women, women specifically, about they're about 33% of missing women, if you, if you will. So, so it's definitely being underreported, probably for the very reasons that you said. So, you know, that is a fair, if you will, indictment of the media on how it will be covered. And it's also, I think, a fair and a fair assessment that if you're covering it less, then there's opportunity, less opportunity for correction. We are at the top of the hour. We're going to go to another quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue this discussion. 64,000 missing black women. Do we even care? We got a lot of callers on the line. If you want to get in, you do have to press one to let us know that you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. You do have to press one to let us know that you want to speak. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, 64,000 missing black women, do we even care? You just heard another amazing cut from Square Business Entertainment. They definitely lace us with great music. Highly recommend that you go look them up on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you can find music, iTunes, find them. Taylor Pace is an amazing artist. I love that song. So just kind of throwing it out. Please support those who support us. That's part of why we do this is how we're able to bring you, if you consider this, as we call it, the return of intelligent radio. If you want to support it yourself, please become an individual supporter at mentaldialogue.com. There are different levels and different things that come with um, with your support. So we definitely need you to keep this on the air. And so, Getting back into this morning's discussion, 64,000 missing black women, do we even care? Um, as we highlighted how, in a sense, social media can go wrong in, in the D.C. situation, uh, if you will. Uh, but I do agree with you, Patrice. Ultimately, it's putting awareness in the right place. 
and there has to be balance with it. It has to be balanced with it. And obviously, as you said, the easiest way to assure that you know the story is to not go off, for example, the headline. Uh, you know, I, as you're saying, in a sense, how the headlines are put together. You know, here on this show, we're guilty of it too from the standpoint of we try to create headlines that are going to make you at least tune in or even be, or hopefully what we are hoping for, because we do encourage you to be critical thinkers, my ultimate hope is that you at least read what we write up as far as what we're going to be discussing. But the questions, uh, you know, the truth I call you often saying, hey, how can I word this question in a way that more we'll get more ears? So that is a part of media. And so I'm owning that to say if you know that that's what media does, I'm guilty of it too, then it doesn't require that you take it any step further. Uh, again, I think I have the smartest audience in all of radio, so I doubt any of you are out there doing doing that, you know, trying to give you all a little credit out there if you're listening. But at the end of the day, that is extremely necessary in what we are, you know, we've been labeled for the last decade or two, the information age is while that in itself could be a good thing, we also know that unfortunately people are running with a lot of this information due to information being so easily accessible and people not taking that one step further as you have encouraged Latrice to go ahead and read below the headline, get the actual facts. Because the actual facts, what I always tell people, the, the, the facts and the truth are enough. What, what unfortunately starts to happen with these sensationalized headlines are, I'll say this, even those who may have an agenda, what happens is they sometimes tend to exaggerate the numbers, the facts, in order to get people on their side. And I'm always saying, no, if, if, the, if you just speak to the numbers as they are, they will give you, in a sense, a whether something is trending to be an issue. If something is trending based on the real numbers, then you, in fact, have an issue that should be discussed. Or sometimes something is trending with the numbers as they are, and it is an issue that should be discussed. But unfortunately, people with an agenda will exaggerate those numbers, hoping to get people on their side, which can work to a certain extent. But the minute you run into a critical thinker, or someone who knows the numbers, then you're looking like you're trying to deceive people, which to a certain extent you are, while you while there is a real issue at hand. And so I say all that to kind of de- the dub into connecting some of the dots with some of what I saw. I think, Latrice, you said you hadn't seen too much hysteria and paranoia attached to this. What I ended up seeing with Again, we are both agreed to over-concern with Harvest Oregon. We kind of both dismissed that, so I won't get into that. But what I did see, and when we heard a Chief X in the previous hour make a reference to, in a sense, as he suggested, a feminist started that. So what I did so happen to see, and I can't say that I connected to that's who started this per se, but what I did see as this was going back and forth, it turned back into the infamous gender war that I digest, that you digest, but we have those discussions from time to time, to where we saw women saying that no men are protecting us, this is why this is happening, and they were uh, perpetuating like it was a rash, an all-of-a-sudden thing to, in a sense, bring that heightened awareness 
whereas, as you and I said, 64000 over the course of a decade is enough in itself. But they were pushing it as this rash thing and trying to create a level of fear. But some people were taking advantage of that fear to say, see how our black men don't protect us. I saw that this week, sadly enough. Any thoughts on that, Queen? Queen, you're really low right now, so if you're low for me, I'm, I doubt people can hear you. I don't just throwing it out. So I was saying that. Um, can you hear me better now? Uh, yeah, it's getting a little, little stronger. Yeah, you're very good now. Okay. So wherever you're at now, yeah, stay right there. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, so I saw that article, and I saw the nonsense about black men aren't protecting us. That's why 64,000 black women and girls are missing. Because of my mindset about that nonsense and because I realized that it's not something that just begun to ha- had begun to happen, I dismissed that um, because it's not true. Um, often, you know, perhaps they're in some, you know, we know that the domestic violence numbers, we, we know what they say about black relationships, so we don't even have to get into that. Um, this is an issue that's happened over a period of years, um, and it's not the fact that black women and girls aren't being protected. Um, in most instances, um, I think that if we were to dig into the 64,000 and really figure out what happened. So for me, I would never say that until I actually did the research that determined mm-hmm. how these young black, these, these women and girls went missing. It's a foul, you know, it's, it's a mistake to do that. And so if feminists are pushing that agenda, it, I'm not on board with that. You know how I feel about that. Um, mm-hmm. And we have to be more discerning in what we take in and analyze what we're taking in to determine its viability, its legitimacy, its, um, its, its newsworthiness even. Um, because with social media, it's a free-for-all. Um, and so we have to be more mindful. But some of us are so um, hurt that we latch mm-hmm. on to those types of statements. And I think we have to begin to heal the divide in our community so when these types of attacks arise, we can squash them. Um, and so my takeaway from here is from now on when I see those, not just dismiss it, but to address it. Um, I was remiss in not addressing it because, I, you know, from the start when I saw that, that headline, that's garbage. Um, but my takeaway is I need to be more diligent in attacking those kinds of headlines because they do damage um, the relationships between black men and women in our community. So um, I, I, I did see that. Right, and that's that's very unfortunate that it has to be a part of, uh, again, heightening awareness that we need to do whatever we can as a community, as a society, to ensure that our sisters are, in fact, protected. Nobody could argue that, but it is an issue when we see, as you called, and I agree with you, garbage that basically basically overplays this unfortunate gender war that has continued to brew, continues to grow, and people take advantage of this very serious issue to purport stuff like that. And so, as you can imagine, as you said, you didn't even entertain it because you understood that this was over a decade. You didn't need to even explore it. But I think you also could understand how we also know, as we've already just continued to say, in this social media age, a lot of people won't do that, Latrice. So that's how 
this became an issue in a sense of where you you heard in a sense the chief X cut in the last seg last hour, and so something that he had also said on social media, and I think this just summarizes it to a certain extent. He just simply said this type of stuff should be reported as black people have this experience. Black people have this experience. And he was saying that intentionally versus trying to divide an an issue when it comes to, for example, this very thing. Um, there, unfortunately, over the last decade, there are, you know, unfortunately, a lot more black men missing. If, if you will, mm-hmm. but again, he doesn't want to purport it as here's what happened to the men too. Like that's not what he's saying, right? He's saying right. that we 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 keep it together when some things are in fact are just an issue, but as you said, an issue based on typically based on where we may be living, crime and poverty all being tied together. When you like you say when you start talking about how they come up missing and things of that nature. Here's not an here's an issue where there shouldn't be a divide. Mm-hmm. Whereas but we create one. Right, we create one. Whereas the original content of it with the Congressional Caucus in twenty seventeen was to highlight the lack of visibility. That's a separate mm-hmm. issue than creating a divide and as a brother who cares and loves you dearly. I want more visibility, and we can t- we can take steps towards putting more visibility on when these things, in fact, happen to you know black men or black women, but specifically black women if they are getting the least reported, because that's what the right. numbers do say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that is a conversation enough in itself versus it turning into a versus situation. So that's the unfortunate. Again, how I'm connecting what I saw Chief X said. Again, I wish he was able to come on and you know see what, tell us more what he found or what he saw. But I definitely saw those back and forth, force, and it broke my heart. You know what I mean? Broke broke my heart. Mm-hmm. We actually got another caller that wants to get in. Let's go to the caller. The Kevin's trying to get back in as well. Area code eight six four last three two four four. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hello, you're live on the air. Last three, two, four, four. Yo, hello. Right, we'll go to Kevin. Hello? Oh, yeah, you're, yep, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Give us yeah, your three cents on this morning's discussion question. I had the phone on mute, brother. Uh, peace and power. This 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 wonderful morning. Uh, this is your brother Equine from calling from South Carolina. How how's everybody doing? Hey, how you doing, Equine? Thanks for calling in, King. What you got for us? We got. We are, we're almost up against the break, so you want me to go to a break? Because if you got a lot, I want to get to go to a break and then bring you back on. Yeah, this is this is a this is an in-depth situation, so definitely you can go hit the break, bro. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Let's go, up, to this, yeah, let's go to this quick break, and then we'll bring you right, right back yes, on. Sir. All right, sorry yes, about that. Yeah, no problem. I'll bring you right no back problem. on after the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Karate for Children is offered every Sunday at Mount Vernon Presbyterian Church Gymnasium from 2.45 to 4.15 p.m. for ages 5 to 14 years old. 
Children will learn Japanese karate as well as self-defense prevention skills to handle today's situations like bullying and child abductions. For only $10 a class, children will gain confidence, self-control, and focus all while having fun and getting good physical fitness. There are no bench warmers because everyone participates. Come join our family every Sunday at 471 Mount Vernon Highway, Northeast, Sandy Springs, Georgia, 30328. For more information, call B-Champs at 770-643-1286. Again, that number is 770-643-1286. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion is a question. 64,000 missing black women, do we even care? we got caller Equanif on the line. We're going to go to him. If you're out there on the phone line and want to get in, you have to press 1. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Let's go to King Equanif. All right, Queen, we got you live, yeah. on, the air. Right, we got you live on the air. Give us your three cents this morning. Well, first of all, I want to start off by saying, um, you know, take my hats off to you guys and uh, applaud you all for your efforts and actually bringing forth some light on this issue. Um, Because as you guys discussed, a lot of times, and, you know, whether it be mainstream media or even our own uh, individual media that we have, a lot of times, you know, we will talk about so many other things, even on blog talk. I, I hear various uh, African-Americans or black folks talk about various other things, but like, this is a rare discussion. This is a rare topic. Um, and not going off of the subject, but when we're looking at the quality of life, looking at the same thing being done to our black boys, uh, black girls, you know, black men and women, when we're talking about getting shot down, uh, relentlessly by the police as if we are the only ones that are not privy and and don't have human rights. You understand? We are the same ones that, that are having to still use our resources to pick it and say, well, hey, these situations need to get some attention. We don't deserve to die like animals. We, we are those same ones. So I think it's very important for us to, you know, be appreciative for for those of you, those of us that are actually engaging in this topic with with some sensibility, with some statistics. Thank you, Ken. And in this case, in, in this case, like I said, you, you guys are great. You guys are great. And our black women are going missing like crazy. Um, I saw a police officer last night, and he had a video, he, and he was talking basically to the women, um, basically saying, be careful. Um, be careful when you're out here engaging, because now, uh, I know a couple of years ago, they had the Slut Pride movement in which Amber Rose was, you know, promoting and saying, well, hey, it's okay for us as women to go out here with any, any clothes on or to go out with, with our breast style to go out. And why would that be a bad thing when you're in this type of environment? You know, it is very important that we have instances like the T.I. case, you know, where people were giving T.I. so much flack, and I don't think that it should have been a thing that was plastered all over the media, 
But in that discussion, I think it's very a, a very important thing that a, a father is there helping to uh, uh, helping her his daughter understand sexuality and not just dive into it like a lot of people are doing. And now our daughters are putting themselves into crazy situations with people whom they don't even know. Because you got people that are saying, well, hey, it's okay for this young girl to have sex with whomever she... No, it's not okay. Because when they do this and they're asking questions about who this person is later, but then getting the sex first, this is the type of situation that they're getting themselves in. You got so many young girls that are now becoming uh, prostitutes, so to speak. You know, they're they're doing the, the, the back page thing where they're selling anybody, whether it be in a strip club. I've known them. You understand? I've known the pride that they sing while while participating and getting some money and, and, you know, selling some, some. So, and this is a dynamic that was presented to us in the age of this quote-unquote slut pride thing, in the age of now where, where back in the day we had MC Light. We had people like Queen Latifah gracing the image promoted to our young children. Uh, young girls in particular. So it was the one that wasn't so raunchy. But then you started to see the Cardi B's, right, where it's okay for a, a, a artist who, whom has millions of dollars. You don't have to go out here and shake your butt to get no money. But Cardi B will come out on the stage half-naked or promoting this type of uh, uh, hypersexuality. You understand? And this is not healthy to our girls, especially in this time. So you have to wonder, if these are the same people that are kind of behind this, kind of pushing our people, even when we're talking about the industrial prison complex where a lot of our young boys are going into jail. Let me jump in right here, King, if you will. Let me yes, jump sir. in right here, King, um, because yes, I want to try to keep the dots connected. And it sounds like you maybe in your, at least from what I'm hearing, you have a perspective of how these dots are connected, at least how I'm hearing it. And so I, I would love to hear uh, Latrice's thoughts on what you said up until this point before we even move into, okay. you know, the boys per se. Um, so as you hear all of this, Latrice, and again, I think I hear, at least from my perspective, that he's trying to connect the dot in some sense. It's not whether I agree or disagree. It's just that's how I hear him speaking. I want to hear your thoughts, Latrice, as Iquani okay. brings his perspective to this discussion. So I, I agree that he's, he's attempting to connect the dots, um, although I think there are some flaws in the in the the way that the dots are connected. Um, because, you know, while I, I, I agree that slut shaming, you know, I, I agree that it's not okay to, you know, the whole slut walk thing, that's over the top. Um, but when we think about, when we bring it back to the, the men and the, the, the women and girls who are missing, a lot of them aren't the ones who are putting themselves out there like that. And I think one thing that we have to be mindful of is, you know, in, in his entire dialogue, it was, it, it, as a woman, it, it placed the blame on the woman. Um, and, yes, we should be mindful about how we dress um, simply because we have, you know, it, it, how we dress depends on our morals and values that, that have been instilled in us. But the flip side of that is that sometimes, regardless of what a woman has on, a man is going to do what he does or think what he, he thinks. And so while we should definitely ensure that we, we dress appropriately when we're in public, we need to ensure that our young boys and men also understand that a woman's body is not yours to touch without permission. And so we can't get off topic and go down that path. Um, as far as the whole morals and values thing, um, 
yes, important, but I think that I don't think that's at the root of what we are experiencing. I think the socioeconomic issues within our community are problematic, um, and they cause our women and girls to be viewed as, whether it's unconsciously, as not as worthy as a um, Lacey Peterson. And so those are the things that we need to overcome, not, not the blaming of parenting skills or hip-hop artists who do this, but let's look at those who are in charge of ensuring our safety, not necessarily the black men in our community, but those who take an oath to protect and serve. Are they allowing their unconscious bias to prevent them from really solidly looking into the cases of when black women and girls go missing? That, to me, is where the blame lies. We don't get the media. And let me say, we have yeah, let me, and let me say this. Police attention. Right. And let me say this as well, and equality. If I let you respond, and so yes, where I absolutely, uh, where I absolutely align with Latrice on is when she says the social economic is in a sense problematic. Um, I would define even would like to define that word problematic to the extent, and she and I have had some of these discussions on offline, whereas for our communities where there are socioeconomic economic issues and it's not that all of our communities are so i like to be careful with you know the word the words that i use and things of that nature i'm here in atlanta and there's a huge disparity between those who have and those that don't and we definitely have black um enclaves or people very successful here but we also have the lowest whatever we have a lot of income disparity here in atlanta but again i'm just trying to be clear in my speaking and so for areas where people in our community are coming up in lower socioeconomic situations. Uh, when she says it's problematic, here's why I back her. I back her because ultimately if we are seeing more of these issues with people going missing, whether through kidnap, through murder, you know, or and they find it out because they found somebody murdered and things of that nature, and when, when in reality in these socioeconomic areas where there are a lot of people together, because you see this less in the rural south where people are spread out, but anytime there are areas where there are a lot of people, then you're going to see more of these issues, and it has nothing to do with some of the things that we're speaking, that you're speaking of. And again, I'm not attacking you. I'm just saying that the bigger issue quite often in some of the areas that we live in are really just factors of, unfortunately, I'm not trying to give an excuse, but it's more, you're going to see more desperate crime in areas where there's a lack of opportunity. And so a lot of times we relate it to these other things that we are or are not doing, when in reality, you're just going to see more crime. We're anywhere in the world, it has nothing to do with America, but in America, we kind of reduce it to race. So I do want to kind of back her up in that sense. I'll give you, you know, a thought in response to that, and we'll go to the next caller. Go ahead, brother. Did I lose you? Got them live on the air. No, Maybe sir. No, sir. I'm here. I'm okay, here. good. Yeah, yeah. Again, I just wanted to give you a, definitely give you a chance to respond to where Latrice and myself said. Go ahead, right. King. And, and, and even when we're looking at socioeconomic, you know, we have to look at uh, gentrification. We have to look at redlining, and that has mm-hmm. everything to do with race. Mm-hmm. Now, we, I, I've, I've conversated with, with the various amounts of black folks. There are some that are, are, are naive to certain things, certain factors, and some that are not. So inside having this discussion, I hope we can have it in an honest manner. I'm, I have four daughters, right? So I'm not speaking mm-hmm. to blame any woman, right. you understand? But I'm speaking, giving the stance that, this, that the black police officer had given. 
And he basically said, mm-hmm. once you go missing, there's nothing that we can do as law enforcement to find you, right? And I and I can understand. I get it. Because I saw one of these sex trafficking um, bands where it was so insulated, the oh, girls, man. the women had got in there, they couldn't even hear on out. So this, this thing is sophisticated now. So what I am saying, me as a father of four girls, and mm-hmm. t- speaking to the girls because I cannot control these evil young boys, it says 62% of the suspects in the human trafficking are black, right? That's what they say. So I'm pretty sure it's some Negroes out here, regardless of how much I don't have any sons, nor am I trying to go out there lecturing to any black men that are not my sons. I have to just basically prepare my daughters for the things that will protect them if they're ever in that situation, Mm -hmm. telling them to watch out, look around them 360 degrees, knowing how to handle Mm -hmm. yourself, keep a a can of mace or have. So this is my discussion. I'm not speaking, right. you know, bad, you know, putting anybody down. Going right. into the next I feel thing, you, King. Morality is going to have to be the very important thing because we have the types of situations where people in the community, these social economic places, regardless of however it is, you have people that see something, but they don't say anything. This is a reality. So that is a sense of morality or moral duty right. that we all must accommodate. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, we got so many but, yeah. situations where black men are getting killed in the street and ain't nobody seen nothing. Why? It ain't, yeah, of course, it's, it's redlining and gentrification, but hell, we still can have some morality when it talks about protecting and preserving ourselves. And we can't wait on the, 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 the government that, that uh, 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 they hire these, these trained officers that, that continuously go out there to kill us, so we can't expect them to. Now come in and protect our community because these are the same people that are putting drugs into our community. And we need to understand this as black folk. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's all I, you know, that's what my opinion and my two cents is on it. And I'm, and I'm sorry three cents, for those, those. You, you gave us You gave us a strong three cents. I love the passion. I respect <laughs> it. Again, we welcome yes, all sir. trainers, yes, thoughts, sir. and yes, opinions. And, and I definitely understand where you're coming from, you know what I mean, especially, as you said, the context of you having four daughters as a, as a father. Right. These are the things you're saying to them. So I definitely respect that. And, I, and, again, that is a form of protection that sometimes can get looked down upon when heard in the wrong context. So I definitely right. don't hear you that way and appreciate your three cents. Thank you so much. We're going to go up against yes, the break. Sir. We're going to get to Calvin coming out of this break. Um, Latrice, get heads up on this break after the next commercial. um, I'm going to play a spoken word piece that brings in another context of this level of awareness that we do say is lacking uh, when it comes to our black women. So I think this is a piece that that you will appreciate. I definitely appreciate. I'm going to say this one name, and I'm going to give people the next 30 minutes. If you can call in and tell me about Rakia Boyd without looking it up, if anybody knows the name Rakia Boyd and her circumstances, what happened with that queen, if, you know, like obviously I can't check to see if you looked it up. You know, hopefully you'll be honest when you call in. But if you can call and tell me about Rakia Boyd, I'm going to share her story near the end of the next 30 minutes. I'm hoping that somebody can call in and tell me what they know about her because I think it is a prime example of what Iquanifa is speaking about, what Latrice is speaking about. Let's go to this break, listen to this cut. And let's take this conversation in another needed direction, in my personal opinion, and we will get to the two callers coming out of the break. Listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. 
face. Where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go, and everywhere I be, be, I don't even talk, talk, they still know with me, cause I look like money, smell like money, talk like money, even In honor of Sandra Bland and all of our sisters who've been murdered by police. I keep trying to figure out how I got myself here. See, the last thing I remember, I was driving down a bland Texas highway. I admit, I switched lanes with no notice. I was smoking a cigarette, which I knew, of course, would kill me eventually. I just never imagined for the life of me, or at least the life that used to be inside of me, that it would lead to my death like this. I asked him why I was being arrested. I asked him why I was being arrested. I asked him why I was being arrested. And then I asked him 11 more times. Last year, they told me a man in Staten Island killed himself with a noose that was made of police officers' arms. They said he died after saying, I can't breathe, 13 times. I guess I should have known better. I should have known not to go all broken records, not to repeat myself like history. I should have known how quick they'd be to Victor White me, how they would stop, search, and arrest me, but still have the nerve to claim that I killed myself with something I smuggled in. For him, a gun, but for me, a large pile of weed. They said, they said I smoked my way into an early grave inside of one of their jail cells. That I got so high, I mistook myself for a ceiling fan. Fixed myself back into place and swung from the top of the same cage casket Khalif Browder's body was in. But I guess somehow I was made to believe that blackness in this woman's body would be different. I didn't realize the difference was in the silence about what happens to it. I got so used to hearing the premature eulogies of black men blared across CNN that I forgot about the family trees missing limbs that looked like me. See, we seldom hear the funeral tears black mothers cry over the kin they birth in their own image. And I'll admit, I did not expect a single one of you to hear a sound that came from my mother's throat, yet somehow, somehow in my death, she was given a megaphone mouth to mourn with. People spoke my story the moment I stopped being able to speak for myself. They marched in the streets with banners bearing my name, even though they had to Google other dead black women to hashtag beside it. And this is the place I keep trying to figure out how I got myself to. How I found a seat with my name at the tip of so many of your tongues. A seat so many of my sisters were denied when in death they were forced into the same margins they knew too well in life. I mean, there had to be something. Maybe, maybe I sang the Grim Reaper's tune in a pitch you could all hear. 
Maybe my voice said more baritone and mistook it for another one of the boys and decided to care. I mean, there had to be something different about my dying, something that would make a black woman poet finally write a poem about a black woman's death, even though she had to use my voice to do it. You see, I can't help but think if I could just figure out what it is I did to make you all remember me, even though I died in this black hole we know as a black woman's body, then maybe, maybe there's something I can tell my sisters to do that would make you all remember them. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, as you're hearing a powerful piece by the spoken word artist named of Frequency. Definitely look her up. She has amazing pieces, just as powerful as you just heard about our good sister, Sandra Blair, as she said, is on the tongue of so many of our names. One of the hashtags that we do know have always highlighted when we did shows specifically about a Sandra Blair, for example, that it took an extraordinary situation for her, in a sense, to become a hashtag. While I digest the gender battle that seemed to ensue with this latest outrage of the 64,000 black women who are missing over a decade, while I detest those who have tried to take it and use it with some form of an agenda to create a back and forth between black men and black women, I also would be unfair not to mention that there is a realistic difference on even how our community plays attention to the deaths or missing persons within our own community. Again, I'm not trying to go against what I just said. I'm trying to speak to the truth and the nuance of why we know a Sandra Bland. I'm challenging you out there listening. Call in and tell me about Rakia Boyd if you know that name. It's a name, in my opinion, that we should all know. And so I want to see if you know her. I'll definitely share her story before the end of this show. But there is, again, while we both have agreed, Latrice, we're not going to buy into the garbage that turns this 64,000 missing women into a gender battle. We both agreed we're not going to do that. We're just going to focus on the heightened awareness that's needed. I appreciate the king that just called in saying he's glad we're doing this show because he doesn't hear it done enough. Again, not to take credit for it, but we're glad to bring attention to needed issues, this being one of them. Within this context, having done a very show on Black Girls Matter and throughout that show in the past, continually asking why is it so hard for attention to be thrust upon our sisters who unfortunately too sometimes lose their lives to, at the hands of, of the police. And not to turn the rest of this discussion into just what the police do to us, I'm actually focusing the attention back on us on that lack of reverence that is paid in those situations also plays out within our community, and it is worth a part of this discussion. Again, not trying to create a divide, but talk about the reality of that very thing and this amazing poem by Frequency that highlights it better than I ever heard it highlighted. Um, Latrice, I'm going to let you speak, and then we're going to go to Kevin, who's trying to get back in. Go ahead, Queen. Um, when you brought up Rakia Boyd, how I remember her is the backlash from 
some members of the black community when she was when she was murdered by the police. Um, mm. Particularly black men. Um, it, it hurt. It hurt me. And, and in that instance, that is one of those instances where I truly felt the divide. I truly felt that black men didn't understand the intersectionality that comes with being a black woman and that they take a lot of the the beliefs that slave masters, you know, back in that day, and even some of the unconscious beliefs about black women now, that some of them still believe buy into those beliefs about black women. Um, it was it was tragic. Um, that that issue more so than others, but even with like the wall the, the Waffle House, there were some issues with black men speaking out against. It's as if a black woman is not. She's viewed as sub-citizen, if you will, sometimes within our own community. And while I'm a big advocate of, of, of black men and black women coming together, you know, dealing with what's broken us apart, but focusing more so on coming back together, in order to deal with what's broken us apart, we have to address those things that continue to keep us apart. Um, and the Rakia Boyd um, issue was definitely one of those that highlighted in bright, glaring light just how sometimes black men view black women. I'm going to go to Brother Kevin. And, again, again, we can't and, – and, and, again, that's what we do on this show. We attempt to do, as I consider, I think we do it very well. You know, we can still speak to reality. We can speak to nuance. Because one of the biggest mistakes that people, in my opinion, often make when having discussions or dialogue or debates or whatever you will is we, we are so used to getting caught up in the extremes of the conversation that we're not willing to own the truth that's always in the middle. And so, again, this is not an attack, what you're hearing, but it is speaking to the reality for, for example, Sandra Bland, who we all know, Bland. I always say her name wrong. See, even that, Sandra Bland, um, who we all know. I remember when we finally chose to touch the topic. If you are a first time or a new listener to Mental Dialogue, um, we're pretty much known for our regular listeners that we're not always going to necessarily be touching the hot topic as it is in the 30 second news cycle. So we ended up handling the Sandra Bland conversation kind of well after it was in the news per se. And, and we, t- we attempt to do that because we don't want to get lost in the emotions of it. We want to have honest conversations, but not just honest conversations, but just in an attempt to get information that we can take and use. It's something that I'll never forget when it comes to Sandra Bland, specifically, again, a name that we all know, unfortunately, for very unfortunate reasons. And this is not to even say whether you agree or disagree with how she passed. It's not about that at all. But I would never forget when we were having the conversation we had on one of my one of our favorite guests, Mr. Jim Klingman, talk to talk about her. And this again, this is a mirror check right now. This is the conversation we're having right now is a mirror check conversation. And so what he what he said on that show when we had him on, he said he says Sandra Bland is on the blood of all of us. And I'm like, okay, Mr. Jim Klingman, you know, Mr. Jim, what do you mean by this? And he says, this young lady had a 
bail of $5,000. And she was in that prison for three days. And he was like, how in the hell does we have a woman take a trip moving out of her city to another city on her own? And she go missing, per se, because to a certain extent, speaking of the day's discussion, right, for three days, and I did a little more research just today because I knew I was going to handle this issue. From what I understand, phone records show that she attempted to reach out to someone, I think, in the Texas El Paso area. I think that's where she was headed to become a, a, uh, a teacher or something at a, one of the local colleges there. And the person that she reached out, unfortunately, ignored her calls. And I don't know that person's particular circumstances, right, but ignore her call in reference to being bailed out. And so, again, whether whether you believe what they say happened with died of asphyxiation, you know, whatever, whatever you believe or don't believe, that's neither, neither here nor there. I have never forgotten what Mr. Jim Klingman said because he was like, what type of community do we really have if we can't, at a minimum, whether she did something or not, get that sister out of prison, especially for a bail of only $5,000. Because if a community, if we are aware that she's making that trip, if she said, it, he, you know, I agree with him. It should be an easy reach out, not so much you and me. We don't know Sandra Brand, but he's just talking about, and I get it from a community standpoint. We got this woman traveling across the country on her own. Where is her community in the event that she does go to prison for given good reason or not, that she's stuck in prison for three days because she can't get together that amount of bail money. I never forgot that conversation because not only did he make a valid point, but for me, it highlights the very thing we're talking about right now. And that if we want to understand how our queens are seen in this society, that there is there are aspects within our own community that we're still struggling with paying attention to. Because quite often the apprehension enough can be enough to get the hashtag going in a local community when it comes to one of our in a sense black young black men having an interaction with the police. Let's be honest, you know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, whether we did it or did not, uh, or if, if, if it spread, if the word spread that there was an improper interaction, there may be a free so-and-so the very same day. But as Frequency said in her spoken word piece, we have to go Google other hashtags to go with Sandra Bland. I don't have the answer but it has to be a part of this discussion. And see, I've actually talked us to our last break, so what I'm going to do, we got a couple of people trying to get in, so we're going to go to our last break and get the callers that are trying to get in as well. Brother Calvin, I see you out there. Brother Pianchi, I see you out there. We're going to get you coming out of this last break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Thank you. 
My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Again, we are the Return of Intelligent Radio. If you believe in what we're doing, we do ask that you consider supporting us at mentaldialogue.com. There's different membership levels. If you have a business or an individual, please pay attention to the different levels. Um, very proud to say we've had another black card member come online. In addition to Money Motivation, who's been with us for a while, Square Business Entertainment has become a black card member for the Mental Dialogue Community Club that, again, allows for this show to come to you every week in addition to what we're doing on the ground here in the Atlanta area. We do need your support. If you paid attention to everything that's going on with the Byron Allen Supreme Court case, it is these, you know, it's us in our little small pockets that's trying to make a difference that we have to keep alive. We don't want to get drowned out in a sense competing on, in a sense, the, in a sense, against the majority culture, if you will. If you think this is important, then we do need your support. Don't just listen every Saturday and look up and we're no longer there because you weren't willing to, in a sense, throw a couple of dollars our way to ensure that this air stay, that this type of radio stays alive. We definitely need your support. We're going to go ahead and get to the callers. We'll make sure we get to them before we get out of our last segment. So let's go to Brother Pianchi and we'll go to Brother Kevin next. Brother Pianchi out of St. Louis, how you doing, King? Give us the three cents on this morning's discussion. Yeah, out of Louisiana today. You know, you was talking about okay. uh, uh, the lady, Miss Bland, was in jail. I think her bond was $500 cash, and yep, maybe it would have equated well. 10%. But you know what? You remember A.G. Gaston in Alabama? during mm-hmm. the, uh, When King and them was doing the protest, and, and uh, he was against using children the way he was being used. But he put up okay. $160,000 of his own money, and some sources say over 300000 to bail those folks out of jail in Montgomery during the time of Bull Connor, who was his commissioner of safety. But <laughs> there's nothing mentioned of him. He built a hotel so that the civil rights leaders and mm-hmm. groups could have a place to meet. But there's nothing mentioned of him. What remains of his hotel is a total dilapidation. And during the time, you had activists that was calling him all sorts of names, coons and so on and so on. So, uh, you know, you it, it's a complicated matter when you think about it. You wonder why come mm-hmm. the family members didn't come up uh, 10 people, $50 a piece, uh, 20 people, $25 mm-hmm. a piece to mm-hmm. take the lady out of harm's way. But uh, I guess that's a question. You know, today's society mindset is different. Culture is different than what it was back during the 1950s. But yet and still, okay. yeah. you have elements that's hard to explain. I'll let the next caller come up. No, absolutely. Thank you for your thought. I love any time that we highlight our titans such as A.J. Gaston. If that's a name that is new to you, I absolutely encourage you not only to look it up for yourself, but make sure your children know who A.J. Gaston is. I'm always encouraging 
parents to supplement your child's education. They will not see themselves in public school. When you have opportunities to look up people like A.J. Gaston, they will be the inspiration for the next generation. Please look up that name. Thank you for bringing us that three cents this morning, um, Brother Pianchi. Let's go ahead and go to Calvin as well. Thanks a lot, King. Hold on one second. Working the boards here. I got him. All right, here we go. What's going on? Calvin looks like you're uh, trying to get back in, King. Go ahead, King. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, here's the thing, and uh, everybody know me, and they, this is the question. When they used to thought I was crazy and talking about these things, and now they see these things manifest between the, you know, in front of their eyes, is that now they realize a lot of the stuff I've been saying was true. And they always ask me, well, how do we fix this? How do we fix it? And my common answer is this. In order for you to understand any problem that you've got, you first have to understand and do the research and go through your history in order to find out how you got into the problem. The destruction of the black civilization is the key to fixing the problem we have today. I got a new phrase I'm about to coin right now called the black census. We all, each individual should have their own black census. How do someone go missing and not be reported? Why? Because you have a disconnect within your own family and friends and associates among yourself. You know who you used to hang with every day and all of a sudden today you're not hanging with that person. Then it's up to you to inquire on where they are even if you have a disagreement with them. If we would do our own census with our own, because see what happens is we get into this, this argument of, wait a minute, what, what, what y'all are doing? What, what you doing? Everybody goes pointing the finger. Well, what you going to do? But no, no. My thing is, what are you doing to better our condition? As a people, what are you? You have to do your own black census of what what is your value to us. And that's every group, every person individually, not group-wise, but we always want to point at the next group or the next person. No, no, no. What's you doing? Don't question me until you figure out what you're doing to help us. And the problem is, like I said, how can you go missing? Why? Because we have been broken as a people. You have to go through that history of what happened to the disconnect? Who tore our family structures apart in which a person could just disappear for a day, two days, weeks, months, years, and no one even asked where that person is? If you had a people that would stick together closer, it would be almost nearly impossible to abduct one of us because everybody would look on that street and see who's supposed to be on that street, and you will look on that same street to see who ain't supposed, who are not supposed to be on that street, and you will automatically put eyes. I saw a young man and some kids at a bus stop yesterday videoing, and it was a van sitting there parked, and I was like, wait a minute, who the hell is that van down there? And they went down, the, the kid, he asked the kids, the kids said, that van's been there all week, sitting there parked running with totally, I mean, pitch black limousine tent windows. The front window was limousine. He went up to that van and said, oh, yo, let down that window. They refused to let down the window. He said, what are you doing here in this neighborhood? That is up to each so-called man to do. 
If you ain't man enough to do it, go find a man that's man enough to walk down there with you to find out who is this fool in your community. Who is this new truck, this new car, this new whatever it is. And the women, and I always say this, this world ain't going to never be where it's supposed to be until we put the black woman where she feels safe in her own community, in her own home. And it can only be done by us. We love to try to pull others into this. Ain't nobody coming to save us but us. All those social groups, all those Catholic teachers told us this years and years. Yeah. We have words. To I appreciate the passion. Yeah, we're here, man. We're here. And Kevin, I'm going to challenge you. You know what I mean? Make sure we stay here so that we can keep having these conversations. Oh, I'm going to do that. I like that term. Yeah, I like that term, black census. So I'm going to encourage you as a long-time listener, you know, look us up on mentaldialogue.com. I'm saying this I'm gonna do I, that. We do need the help. Yeah, we, yeah, we do need that help. That. And I appreciate you because you always are bringing, bringing the passion. Uh, you know, even when we, you and I differ, it doesn't change the fact that we are, are keeping our mind focused on the objective. Malcolm X always said it best, you know, never confuse the method with the objective. And quite often our battles are quite often battles over objectives and we lose sight of the method, which is taking care of our community. So I appreciate your amazing thoughts, uh, King. Um, I love it and thanks for the support, mentaldialogue.com. Thanks a lot, King. And I love y'all for doing what y'all do. You must maintain what you're doing. And like I said, I will look this thing uh it's right on the I can go to the Facebook page and pull it, right? Yeah, yeah, you can you can go yeah, just go to mentaldialogue.com. Literally mentaldialogue.com okay, and you read on there, it'll tell you how to you could pick any level that makes sense for you. Even any all every bit helps. Think about that, King. That'll work. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, I think I may have one more caller. I'm not sure we're going to have enough time for it because I definitely want to get your thoughts, Latrice, because I know I said a lot before the previous break, and we were able to get both those excellent calls from Brother Pianchi as well as Kevin in. So, Queen, we got about three minutes. I'm going to give you, in a sense, final thoughts on this morning's discussion, and I'll kind of, kind of close us out. But thank you for helping me get through this morning's discussion. Go ahead, Queen. Absolutely. Um, thank you for having me. It's a much-needed conversation. Um and I'll just take it from the start. You know, we need to stay focused on the facts. It's not about black men not protecting us. It's about um, police not recognizing our value, um, whether it's through conscious or unconscious bias, recognizing that regardless of our socioeconomic circumstances, regardless of the neighborhood we live in, that we are valuable to someone and that when we go missing, it should be paid attention to. Um, we also need to um, be more cognizant of, of how we speak about each other, um, how black men speak about black women, how black women speak about black men. I hate the, the posts about all men are dogs and women. You know, I hate those because they are so divisive. But the reality is that we are going to have to have those hard conversations to figure out how to come together so that black men feel valued, Black women feel protected in that. Um, I don't know how to do it, but I know it's an undertaking that if we're going to survive, not just survive, but if we're going to begin to thrive as a community of people, yes. we have to figure out how to come together. Yes, these are very necessary steps. 
So I said that I was going to share with you our Rakia Boy story, and I think that we don't have time to do things. I think you, I think you may be thinking about Kareem Gaines on the backlash when you were mentioning. Ah, uh, that, that was. But it's no problem, no problem. You know what I mean? Because I, I wish I could talk about that, but we only got a little, about a minute to go. Rakia Boy, for those that don't know, I think it is the hashtag that we all should know in front of a Mike Brown, in front of a, a Trayvon Martin. We know Trayvon Martin, in a sense, started the concept of Black Lives Matter, or at least his situation is what started Black Lives Matter to, in a sense, coming to um, organize and coming to fruition. And so there's been a lot of hashtags since that time. But Rokia Board is the situation where a young lady was killed in Chicago by an off-duty cop who so happened to be driving by a group of black kids who were leaving the movie and he thought one was relishing a gun, and he fires while off duty into the crowd, hitting the guy that ended up having only a cell phone, not a weapon, in the arm, and shooting Rakia Boy in the back of the head and killing her. He was only charged with involuntary manslaughter and got off. The judge was remiss with the lawyer with the with the charge, saying it was. Had it been charged for premeditated murder, he probably would have got convicted of that. But based on the standard for involuntary manslaughter, the guy walks the streets right now. Why don't we know that hashtag? That's a question we must look in the mirror and ask in my opinion. All I ask is that you think. I'll see you all next Saturday.